You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. We are here today with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we have two special guests, uh, Kay and Colin Cole from the Cole Group. Um, Gandhi once said, you must be the change you want to see in the world. You know, that's a tall order for sure. Not everyone rises to that challenge. Um, others do in a very big way. And our next guests fall into the latter half of that bunch. Um, they not only plan events, they have speaking engagements, athletic camps, um, and really with the singular goal to make a difference. Uh, we're so excited to learn about their story. So welcome Colin Cole and Kay Williams Cole to the Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, guys. Colin and Kay, we're, we're honored that you're here. And uh, it appears to me that you are absolutely one of Charlotte's power couples and doing a lot of good, taking your networks and whatnot that you've created and uh, giving back to our community. And we're, we're certainly appreciative of that. And, and uh, it just makes us all better. So thank you. Uh, Colin, tell us a little bit about trading your days as a Carolina Panther player for the cloth of, of a man trying to make a difference and even some dancing shoes. Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you guys don't hold back. <laughs> well, I, I guess it all starts with just the thought of being able to live a dream, right? And I know that there are a lot of people in this world that don't necessarily get that opportunity to actually do what they actually want to do. So I've been blessed throughout my life. Uh, it didn't start out, it didn't start easy for me. You know, I started. My career as an undrafted free agent was, was released a few times before I got an opportunity to, to kind of hang on with the Packers. But ultimately, the, the big thing for me is the fact that I had that opportunity. And now that, uh, now that I've moved past that and I'm, I'm done with my career, I have an opportunity to give back to the community in various ways has been one of my main staples uh, over the last couple of years. I've been, you know, I, just like you said, with, with the dance shoes, I've had the opportunity to do uh, Dancing with the Stars here in Charlotte, which uh, we raised over... I want to say somewhere around $200,000 that went directly to um, breast cancer research uh, with um, with the Charlotte Breast Friends. And excited to, to have had that opportunity, but even more so, uh, I have to attribute my wife's uh, constant um, just, just staying on top of me about having to do certain endeavors and, and being a part of certain endeavors. You know, I've <clears throat> had the opportunity to do quite a bit here in Charlotte, but Beyond that, it's it, it really comes down to the fact that uh, it's about community and it's about uh, doing all we can in this community. I, I know, just like we are, there are a lot of transplants from different cities uh, throughout this country, and you know, at some point, we all have to embrace where we are, and that's pretty much what I'm trying to do: is embrace, you know, the city of Charlotte, the Queen City, and do all I can to help put my footprints, as long as the coal, as well as the coal group and my wife's footprints uh, here. And that's awesome. And you mentioned, um, you know, your platform and the ability to live your dream. It's really neat to see somebody that has the opportunity to reach millions of people, but you've taken that and, and you've run with it. And that's, I think, somebody that, you know, I'm not in the social light. I didn't go play a professional sport, but you've taken that as an opportunity. And I don't think a lot of people, I, I'm a new father and I always tell, um, maybe I don't always tell people this, but I feel that if you're a father, you need to be the role model for your kid, right? Mm -hmm. Number one. Um, but I'm an, I'm a, I love athletes. I love sports, right? I love athletes. I love watching sports. It's, it's literally driven my entire life. I played college soccer. But, like, I think the whole model around this is if somebody is a role model that's an athlete, it goes even farther, right? It's not that you have to be. Mm -hmm. um, and you shouldn't have to be a role model just because you play football. Absolutely. But you got that opportunity, and you're running with that. And with the help of mm -hmm. your wife, they always say a good husband has a better wife. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, yeah. so we want to learn about the Cole group. And, Kay, we want to learn a little bit. 
um, about what you're doing. So tell us about, you know, how you've worked with athletes on all different levels, you know, fundraising, charitable organizations, and tell us a little bit about the Cole Group and, and what you guys stand for. Sure. Um, I think when I was in grad school, it actually just started based on research when I was in grad school at University of South Carolina. So I was doing, you know, some research, just trying to figure out what my interests were. Cause my, my background is in school counseling and I was interested in athletics. So it kind of just worked, so to speak. Um, once I got to the University of Iowa and I really started delving into what it looks like to work with athletes, um, counseling athletes, the, the um, mental health issues surrounding athletes. Then I started thinking, there is, a, there is something here. Is there a gap that needs to be filled? And, you know, with my relationship with Colin, you know, I bounced some ideas off of him, and we both decided and ag agreed that there was a gap there. And so we just kind of, you know, would consult here and there, started working with camps, and then it just started to snowball, so to speak. And once we started talking to more people and just learning that um, that, that was an area that needed to be addressed, we put the Cole Group together and started talking with, you know, schools, administrators, parents, um, so, so on and so forth. And then um, as Colin, you know, moved throughout his career and, you know, I was still working on my doctorate at the time. Um, we, we started to, we started to see changes. So then once Colin finished his, his career, then it started to morph. So it kind of just, I don't know, it just kind of organically evolved into what it is right now. So, giving back. And yeah. So, so, and so it's Dr. Cole. It uh, is. My apologies. Yeah. Uh, uh, get it together, guys. Uh, uh, apologies. Do Dr. <laughs> Cole. So you're, you're running to be the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Woman of the Year. That's amazing. T tell us about that and what, what your connection with the cancer community is. Well, it, that is pretty interesting. So I was asked um, 2016, and I just wasn't in a headspace to do it. Then they invited me to the gala last year, and I was, like, sold. Like, just seeing those families and the passion that was all in that room, all for one cause, it just, I don't know, it just spoke to me. So then... You know, I thought about it, and it came back to me again. And then I said yes. And now, I, and now I'm here. <laughs> and, you know, we've all had I, – I have no direct connection to leukemia or lymphoma at all. We've been blessed in that way. But we have been affected by cancer. My father-in-law, he had prostate cancer one year. He's doing amazing now. You know, one of my best friends, he had stage 4 brain cancer – about four years ago, he is in complete remission right now. Wow. Like one of my other best friends, she has battled kidney cancer and thyroid cancer. She's healthy. And so this is my way of saying, you know what? I have the platform to do this. Let me just do what I can and all that I can to make the biggest impact that I can. So that's why I'm here. Pulling my eyebrows out every <laughs> night, you know, just to get others involved. Well, that's a lot of work. And it, it, yeah. A huge time commitment. And thank sure. you for that. I, uh, as you mentioned, we all have connections with cancer. My mother actually passed away of leukemia in 1986. Oh, wow. So I was 10 years old and, and, uh, 
man, you're talking about an impact. What mm-hmm. what that taught me was to appreciate every single day. Sure. Uh, do as much as you can to give back and, and all of that. And I won't, you know, I won't go too far into that. But I just want to say thank you because p- folks like yourself and leaders in our community that are doing what you're doing, obviously, you just gave four or five examples of the mm-hmm. impact is working. Those stories you probably wouldn't have heard 30 years ago because Absolutely. the technology, the yep. cures, the whatever, you know, medicine was going on just just wasn't there, wasn't available. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, you, you are making a real impact. And, I appreciate and, uh, that. Thank you for that. I mean, seriously, well, the word is, right? Or the hashtag keep pounding. Yeah, that, for sure. Uh, because we all need it, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's us or our friends or our, ch- our friends' children. Yep. Um, so anyway. Uh, just yeah. wanted to say that's peace. And thank you so much. I mean, it, it, it's, I've been affected in, in my family from, from cancer as well. Uh, a good friend of mine um, has a two-year-old daughter, had stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma last year. We did a race, uh, 24 Foundation, and raised money for her. And um, she's now in remission, and she got pregnant again. And, and she's now 22 weeks pregnant, and she just made the announcement. And it's like just full circle, right? Uh-huh. Like you, in one year, yep. you go from – she might not make it, so now she's having another child. Yep. So that's so awesome that not only you you're doing this without really having that direct connection, although you have some friends and things. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, and I think that's really uh, beneficial. So to pull in, you know, Colin here, and you guys have kind of incorporated a lot of this together. I think it's really cool that you know you went and got your doctorate. You have kind of like the social media following. You went and played a a professional sport, and you guys have combined that together to create like a really powerful team. So I think that's really neat. Tell us about some of the events and when you go out to these camps, what are you seeing in the kids? Um, what is your mission? What are you telling them? And and what are ways that the normal Joe or the average Joe can get involved to support, you know, groups like you guys or, or other ones that are doing a, doing right for our community? Well, I, I guess, Brent, to, to, uh, to kind of talk about that, you know, kind of goes back to the old thoughts of being retired from football and what uh, what's the best impact to, to possible what's the best way to make an impact possible um my wife spoke a little bit about the cold group and how it kind of evolved into what it is right now I, I guess for me it started not too long after i retired um, a little bit over a year ago when we were having the protests that we were having down here and you know i don't you can you can sit on whatever side of the fence that you want to you can you can you know say any amount of words that you want to but ultimately I respect law enforcement because law enforcement is probably the only job besides military that you can get up out of your bed and see your loved ones that morning and not, may not see them again that evening um, because of whatever you may run into. Because you don't have a set script. You don't have a set uh, daily job, right? You, you, you go into every situation uniquely, and you, you kind of address it as such. So after we had those protests here, it kind of, it really hit home for me knowing that, you know, a lot of us kind of we watch CNN, we watch uh, all these uh, all these news stations, and we see the things that happen throughout our country. And a lot of times, it's it's hard to necessarily uh, see how they affect you because they don't because you, you see them on TV, they're way out there somewhere, right? And then, but for, for what happened a little over a year ago to happen, um, really opened my eyes to the fact that none of us are immune to to the circumstances that we deal with in this country. And my goal was at that point to, was to deal, was, was to go directly to Chief Putney and his staff and talk to them directly about what I could do to help. Um, I didn't go there with a specific agenda other than trying to figure out what would be the best way to help as a, as a guy who has a little bit more time on his hands that can do a little bit more in the community. So that being said, 
had a great sit-down conversation with him and a number of his staff, and we came up with a good, a good couple of ideas in terms of what we can do to help. Um, they already have a, a number of programs in place, and basically what I wanted to do was fundraise. So I we put together a golf tournament last year that uh, that uh, was beginning of October. It was called Putting for Police, and we raised over $10,000 that we donated directly to them, which uh, that 10000 was enough to fund one of the summer programs for all the youth that they have there, which, you know, in and of itself is a small step, but enough small steps put together will, will, will you know, will, will become a big step. And again, I don't have a set agenda in terms of how to help and how to go about it. Ultimately, it's, you know, it's going to come down to each and every individual that comes to us and, and tries to find a way that we can work with them. Uh, we're also working with the Knights of Columbus, um, another nonprofit organization, local. And so it, you know, along with some other companies, but um, ultimately it, it comes down to being a community-based company. And what can we do with our current community? How can we help the best and, you know, still be able to be a part of the community as well as a part of the answer for whatever problems we're dealing with? Excellent. And I'm a recent dad. He's eight weeks old, so he's not. Oh, boy. Not even, yeah. we're, we're a long way from that. But what do you see with younger kids? And when you go to these camps and you speak with them, and I can only imagine being an ex-NFL player, a lot of kids are probably just like wide-eyed, like, oh, my goodness, you played in the NFL. That's like the impossible, right? And you mentioned dreams. What are some of the reactions that they have? And what do you think um, are ways that, that the average Joe can support you know, a school and our youth, because I feel that's the biggest thing that we're not paying attention to is our youth. And now we're all wondering what's their path going to be like, you know, like what, how can we get them on the right path and realize that your dreams are attainable and you can do whatever you want. You know, I, I, okay. So so the first part of your question uh, in terms of dealing with uh, kids on a regular basis, you know, it's pretty awesome. You know, for me personally, it's, it's, uh, I am kind of taken back by it because I, throughout my career, my wife can attest to this, I would be the first person to kind of tell people I'm not who I am. Like, people would approach mm-hmm. me and be like, hey, aren't you Colin Cole? I'd be like, no, nah, I'm not that guy. And they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> hey, what? And, and they, I would often, you know, say I did something else, something outlandish like uh, figure, figure skating. That's what he would tell people. Just to kind of escape uh, those conversations. Yeah, I would just do that just to kind of escape those conversations because I was kind of, you know, I wasn't very comfortable talking about that because for me personally, it was me living my dream, having fun playing football. But that's what it was. I was doing what I enjoyed doing. Whereas, you know, a lot of other folks looked at it as, oh, this is this big-time star or whatever, and I just never quite looked at it that way. So, for me, um, ultimately, it came back down to the fact that, you know, these kids are looking at me as such, but I'm looking at them as, you guys are the future. I feel like, me personally, I feel like it's unfortunate that our teachers have to go to Raleigh to go boycott. And I feel like it's unfortunate that teachers across the nation have to do that because they are very underutilized an underappreciated group of folks, be honest with you. I mean, they have they have the first and last touch on your child, right? Right. So throughout 365 days a year, they're with your child almost 200 plus days. And I feel like we just don't do a great enough job as a community to really show them our appreciation through monetary resources. And, and it's unfortunate because a lot of folks, a lot of teachers who get their degrees here in Charlotte are leaving, are going to other states, are going to Texas and going to other other states where they can get higher uh, pay for their employment. So I think that's unfortunate, but I think more so with those children who, you know, deal with those pe- those people on a regular basis, it's the adults in their lives. It's the, and 
for me being a man, it's the men in your life. Because the men in your life, the men in children's lives are so much more important in terms of just being able to, you know, reaffirm what they feel. Or, you know, they may know that they'll never be an athlete on, you know, the collegiate level or the professional level, but your child doesn't need to know that. Your child needs to know that he has the support of his, his parents no matter what. And I feel like that's not something that they get very often. I do feel like a lot of parents get it, and they try to put their kids in front of certain people. But ultimately, it still comes down to that parent. And especially having – not everybody's blessed to have both parents or parents in their lives. But whatever adults you have in your life and or whatever mentors that, that these kids have in their lives have to be the ones that step up and really guide these kids. Take another step because it used to be it took a village to raise a child. I don't know, that, I don't know where that went, but uh, I, still, I still think that's very hugely important. I agree 100%. That, that's amazing. And yeah. um, shifting gears just a little bit back to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, I, I just want to know more about what that's been like and uh, share just a little bit about your journey so far. Mm -hmm. uh, I know we're coming to the end of that yep. uh, deal. So just tell us a little bit about that and like, you know, just sure, talk on yeah. that. Um, when I initially started, so, you know, we are a family of competitors. And so when they said competition, I was all in, right? Let's go. And so I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to win. I'm going to figure out a game plan, get the playbook out. Let's, let's, who are, who's going to be on our team? Who's going to ride the bench? You know, that whole, that whole thing. Right. So then I, we get in, uh, the campaign kicks off. And there I am with my playbook, and I'm just like, oh, boy, what did I get myself into? <laughs> so, but it has been, it has probably been the most eye-opening thing that I've, that I've done. You know, being a parent totally opens a lot of eyes because you don't get any sleep, right? Well, right. True. So, it has probably been, it has stretched me more than any, anything that I've ever done. Um, Colin and I have... We've been in every community that we've been in, we've always been the ones to help. Sure. You know, people ask for help. We're there. You need it. We got it. But having to ask for help has been the hardest thing for me. It is because you're so used to helping right. in every way, you know, whether it's, you know, donations or whether it's manpower, you know, whether you need me to come pick up trash on the side of a highway for highway cleanup. I can do all of that, no problem. But asking for help has just been so hard for me. And um, rejection, that is, I'm not used to being rejected. But now, I, rejection, I can do that now. So, <laughs> you see, you're outside your comfort zone, Exactly, right? and, exactly. Or I, I found ways around no's. When you get one no, okay, how can I backdoor this thing to maybe get a yes? So I've... I've grown in that area a lot so what that means like you've given so much that means you have a stack of chips on the poker table and you have a lot of them now it's time to cash some of those in right and Absolutely. rely on some of those uh, yes. people you've helped along the yeah. way yeah and so with that said like give me a couple of examples like what do you mean people are saying no why would they say no to Exa you <laughs> First of all, I don't know. Like, if you're listening to this, I mean, you said no. You exactly, need to exactly. You need yeah. to. You want me on your team? Trust me. I don't know. But it's like you know, I have no idea why people say no. But it's crazy how 
like you said, I've stacked my chips. Right. Like this should be easy. Right. It it's should. not. It is so hard to raise money for something. Like it is so it hard is. to do it. It is so hard for people to buy in. And I don't know. I still don't know the answer to that. I don't know if people forget or they say they're going to do it. And then, you know, life gets busy, right? So you you have to touch people more Multiple than once. Times. And at, I, once you find the answer to that, please let me know. Because <laughs> I would totally. Well, we're sales it. guys. So I'm it, sales. So <laughs> no means not right now. You know what I mean? So it don't, yes. It doesn't, I mean. It just means you got to have a really good calendar to follow back up on that. Right. But, yeah, but I don't well, know. Like, So when did you start this process? Is it a year-long deal? or? Is it... So you can start, um, you can start unofficially, um, you know, reaching out to people you know, building up your network, putting your team together, that kind of thing. Behind the scenes, March 22nd is when it kicked off. And okay. you have 10 weeks from March 22nd to it ends to raise as much as you can. And for us, that ends May 31st. Woo, it's right around the corner. It is <laughs> you almost made it. You almost made it. You there. How much? You what, there. Do you, what do you have to raise? What's your goal? And and where are you? Sure. All right. So my goal is to raise $150,000. Okay. And I got that number because I discovered through research that the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, with their copay assistant program, they're spending about $2,500 a year per patient with copay assistance. So, I, you know, my mom was 60 when I when I just, you know, picked when I said yes. So I'm like, oh, 60. That seemed like a good number. It multiplied by 2,500 is 150,000. So I'm like, perfect. That's that's where I, I got that number from. So you get 60 people to give you 2,500 bucks and you're there. I, and with all your NFL money. Uh, like, it was that easy. Right. <laughs> But, but, it, but it's harder said right. than done, oh, right? Oh, yeah. my gosh. And we're not supposed to share where we're at. Okay, don't, you don't have to do that. For competitive just, purposes. Yeah. <laughs> but let's just say I need a lot of help. <laughs> well, I still have a long way to go. And, okay. and I think you, you've brought something up. And we're in um, – we do a lot of work with the 24 Foundation, yep. which is an organization here. And it's neat to raise money for them. But you have to be passionate about something. And I think the hardest thing about raising money – is a lot of people try to raise money for a lot of different things, but they're never passionate about one. Yeah. And it's hard to ask somebody for 10 different donations for 10 different organizations because they're like, man, what are you, what are you going to catch on to? Like a serial so fundraiser. I, yeah, and I, yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. But I think what you've done is you're going to have some people that say no. And you know what? Maybe they don't donate to you this time, but maybe in a year, even if it's not for you know this mm -hmm. exact, maybe they'll donate to you, right? Because you you're, you, by sure. going out there and stepping out of your comfort zone, you're giving that awareness to what you guys are building, and that's really cool. Um, to kind of transition, I want to see, how, what is it like working with your wife? What is it like working with your husband? What is it like being a team? <laughs> oh, and now we got no one to the mic. No one to the mic here. All right, we're going to throw this to Cole. Then. We're, we're, tell me, Colin, what is it like to work with a doctor? Well, um, it's definitely different. Um, and it's uh, it's a situation where you know I I, I just uh, continue to put one foot in front of the other. That a boy. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna keep putting front one foot in front of the other because there's definitely a lofty, uh, not goal, but uh, lofty lofty expectation when it comes to 
me and my abilities. So Absolutely. just continue to put one foot in front of the other. Well, you guys seem really close, and it seems really cool about your story. You seem like you complement each other very well. How did you guys meet? I heard Iowa. Is that oh. where? Is, where? Where's this story now? I wanna, okay, I this is going to be very cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a very convoluted story. Okay, <laughs> I'll tell you my version, and I'm sure he's going to tell you the other version. So, my brother was being recruited to play for to play football, right? And one of the schools that was recruiting him was Iowa. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, Iowa, whatever. And at the time, I was still at University of South Carolina, and I was very close to graduation, but I was looking for a PhD program. So my mentors, they were like, check out Iowa. If your brother goes, they have an amazing faculty there. You're going to love that program. And I'm thinking, all right, whatever, it's Iowa, right? And, but he was also being recruited by Maryland and Virginia Tech. And I'm like, oh, I, I really want to go to Virginia Tech. That's why I thought I was going to wind up, honestly. So my brother takes the visit. My mom could not go with him, right? And she says, hey, can you go on this visit? I'm like, all right, I'll go on a visit. That'll give me an opportunity to meet with faculty, right? So we get on a plane. We go to Iowa. They, you know, they roll out the red carpet for recruits. You know, they do all that other stuff. And... My brother was being hosted by, you know, a guy in his position. It was a DB. And Colin was there as a senior, and he was hosting someone, too. And we all wound up at dinner together, this recruitment dinner. We, we're sitting directly across from each other. And I, I lean over to my brother because we're all bantering about which state produces the, the best athlete. And he's a Florida guy. Heck and I think yeah, the, guy that he was, the guy that he was um, hosting was from Texas, I believe. And so there was that conversation. And I look over to my brother and I say, oh, God, I hope he doesn't hit on me. Right. And my brother's <laughs> like, could you get out of your own head? Like, you know, like, this is not about you. So anyway, so the following day, we wind up in Coach Ferris's office, and he offers my brother. Because I'm thinking, there's no way in the world, because we're from South Carolina. There's no way in the world he's going to commit. So he commits. And I was like, what? Like, I'm looking at him like, that was not a part of the plan. What are you doing? So he commits. He winds up leaving. Long story short, he graduates, goes the following semester. I follow up behind him the next semester. You know, we would go there for games. I would see Colin on the sidelines, see him at, you know, in the Ped Mall, which is where all the nightlife is. But he had a girlfriend at the time. No biggie, right? No, it was it's kind of it was kind of like over, right? So then I get there and I move into my apartment, you know, get settled. And then we hear that Bill Clinton is coming to our university. I love Bill Clinton. He's like my guy. <laughs> So we get our hands, my girlfriend and I, we get our hands on three tickets to go to the symposium. And we get one to my brother. My brother backs out at the last minute. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to throw this ticket in the trash. <laughs> and he's like, well, just give it to somebody that you know. I'm like, all right, cool. So the next morning, um, <laughs> in walks Colin at this place that I was doing an internship. And I said, hey. We got this ticket to see Bill Clinton. Do you want to come with us? And he's like, yeah, I'll come. And that was, what, 15 years ago. We haven't been separated since. Wow. 
Like, so cool. Well, thanks, like, Bill Clinton. Like, like, appreciate hey, it. Mr. Clinton. We have his autobiography in our formal you literary. Sure? <laughs> First date with Bill Clinton. Exactly. That is awesome. Yeah. That's well, awesome. Uh, I will Thank answer you. the question. Florida athletes are um, the most athletic. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't have to say anything. <laughs> sure Where are you from in Florida? Fort Lauderdale. I was Winter Park. Awesome. Okay. So in, in, um, in kind of bringing this back together, um, you know, I know you guys are looking to raise some money. We would love to help you out with that. Um, and we'd also love to continue to follow up with you guys and follow sure. your story. Uh, anybody listening to this, definitely check them out. Um, but what are some ways for them to reach out to you? How can they get in touch with you? How can they raise money or how can they donate? Um, and give us some of that information before we, uh, before we wrap this up. Sure. So the easiest thing to remember is um, detourtowonderland.com. That's our team name, Detour cool. to Wonderland, because I had people come down a rabbit hole with me. I like it. Um, the other would be social media. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at kcole, that's K-A-Y-E-C-O-L-E-P-H-D on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, Colin's also on Twitter and Instagram. Colin is Mr. Colin Cole on Instagram. And on Twitter, he is Colin Cole nine one the number nine number one awesome and we will go ahead when we when we post this podcast we'll put all this information uh awesome so you guys can have that um well thank you guys so much for joining us it's been really neat to to hear your story and learn a little bit more about you guys and definitely congratulations thank you on your your nomination we hope you win we hope this podcast can can raise some more money (laughs) for you but but yeah you guys do are doing really good stuff man and i i'm it's nice to hear um you know, people that, that are doing good in the community. And uh, yeah, as, we, a, as a new dad, thank you for doing that. That's awesome. We want to be a part of that. And in closing, is there anything you'd like to say uh, in regards to how folks can help you with with your final run here on yeah, your fundraising? I, I need your money. Yeah. <laughs> like, like ASAP. Money, money. <laughs> exactly, ASAP. But no, um, sure, just donate anything. Every little bit helps. Um I think it was Anne Frank that said you can never go broke by giving. Um, so I use that philosophy in everything that I do. And I just ask that, you know, whatever you have and whatever you can afford to give, just give. Awesome. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.